Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are whether that's in Montreal, Dublin, or Manila in the Philippines. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And of course, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast adventure. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Nadia from Speaking of Sense. She writes about a variety of topics around personal finance and focuses mostly on the mindset that revolves around managing your money. The aim of the blog and uh, the recent YouTube channel she just launched, is to educate people on how to manage their money at any point in their life, regardless of their income. And today we will discuss the concept of financial stability. What financial stability means, why it is important for you and your family, why people generally struggle with it, and Nadia will provide an actionable seven-step plan to actually achieve that financial stability. This episode is for you if you're getting started with your finances and want some guidance on improving your financial situation or want to find your way to work towards larger financial goals. But in depending on your situation, you may also realize early on in the episode that you're already financially stable. That is, of course, awesome. But the practical way in which Nadia guides us may still help a friend of yours. So make sure you share the episode with them because I'm pretty sure that this episode and Nadia's resources will help them achieve that financial stability. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Nadia. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you, John. How are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, um, I'm doing very well and I'm uh, glad to speak to you. Today we are speaking to Nadia, uh, Nadia Malik from uh, speakingofsense.com. I met Nadia at FinCon very briefly But we kept in touch and, uh, of course, I um, went reading some posts on her blog and uh, on her personal finance. And she also recently started a YouTube channel, which is great. So congratulations on uh, starting a YouTube channel, uh, Nadia. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Yeah. And on your, um, on your blog, actually, uh, I have also already shared a few posts on Twitter, etc., because I thought they were quite uh, interesting. And you cover you. quite a wide array of topics, actually. I do. I actually um, talk uh, more about the mindset that revolves around managing your money. And uh, the aim of my blog is really to educate people how they can manage their money at any point in their lives. So it does not matter how much money you're making and it does not matter um, at what stage in life you are. But the important part is how to manage your money at any point in your life. That's what I uh, teach people and that's my thing. And um, also I want to make people aware that they can actually become debt-free no matter how much money they're making. It's all about managing your money and have a clear realization of how much you're making and how much should you be spending. So as long as people know the balance between the money coming in and the money going out, um, by that I mean like the expenses and the income that they're getting, if they know the how to balance that, they can uh, always live debt-free. Um, that's what I talk about in my blog. And every article and all the things that are in my blog are uh, usually um, related to this topic. And also just a little bit... Um, of my own personal journey that I am going through um, as a blogger and as a stay-at-home mom. I also discuss different things that I have been doing as a side hustle. I also discuss those in my blog. Mm -hmm. No, very good. And, and I really like it that you say that it's for everybody, actually. It doesn't matter if you make uh, 40K a year or 80K a year. I mean, it's true that one of the basics, at least in my opinion as well, is that As long as you manage your expense, um, spending expense ratio, then um, no, I'm saying the same thing now. Sorry, your <laughs> income and the income and expense balance. Then yeah, of course, it doesn't matter if you make 150, 80k or 40k. So yeah, that's uh, no, I like that idea. Yeah. And uh, today, Nadia, um, we could talk about so many things, but yeah. <laughs> today we are going to talk about financial stability. Yeah, for sure. So what is uh, financial stability? How do you define that? So if um, you really want to go in technical terms, there are so many ways to define it. Mm -hmm. But the easiest way for most people to understand, like the average um, 
anybody to understand is that you need to know uh, what financial stability is. And also, I want to mention that it is uh, the concept of financial stability is different for different people. Again, I'm going to mention the fact that uh, any person who is at, at a certain point in their lives, they have a different definition of financial stability or uh, they can categorize in a different um, group um, on how they can relate to financial stability. So basically, financial stability is if you have enough resources or if you have enough money to um, spend on your day to day and then uh, there is something that you are putting in saving. If you are at that point in your life at any age or at any level in your life, any stage of your life, if you have that kind of resources where your day-to-day -day does not get affected by something unexpected happening, it means you're financially stable. Okay, so it's not exactly this. So um, when we talked and you said, yeah, I want to talk, uh, I would like to expand on financial stability. Uh, I was thinking about financial independence. So I did not know exactly where to put it. So now I understand that. So it's not about financial independence. It's to have something on the side saved up, basically, or yeah. that your daily expenses, as you say, are not affected yes. by uh, yes. some sudden change. Okay. That's right. And, and uh, you said financial stability means different things to different people. Yes. Do you have a few examples, two, three examples? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for some people, it can be... Um, like if somebody who's just starting with their finances, mm -hmm. um, like a youngster or who just got out um, of the of high school, because some some kids are already working or um, just for their pocket money or just for their extra extra money that they want to earn on on the side just to spend on themselves. So for them, it could be just um, to be able to pay for their you can say vacation or if they are having uh, if they are, are spending something uh, on entertainment or if they are um, spending something any extra bills that their parents don't um, parents are not responsible for they are paying for that for them that is that can be a financial stability and then if we go to another step uh, for for a family uh, where there are kids involved and um there are two parents, even if both are working or just one is working for them, financial stability is to be able to provide everything um, and then just a little bit left over. For them, it can be that. Um, and for some people who are a little bit in a higher uh, income range, it can be um, an additional um, savings in the form of assets and investments. So apart from their day-to-day uh, expenses that are just uh, getting covered, they have some investments or assets that um, that they can just fall back on or they don't have to actually rely on their nine to five. So that's another level of financial stability. So it's, it's so the mindset is different for everybody. And for some people, for, for some people like me, because I really believe that a financial stable person is the one who has no debt. For some people, being completely debt free is uh, termed as financially stable. So even if they have like uh, nine to five jobs, they are going on their nine to five jobs and they are making their ends meet. If they don't don't have any debt, then they would consider themselves financially stable. So so it's different for everybody and it's different uh, for um, people in different circumstances. And I would not put a number on it, like as, as a personal finance mm -hmm. blogger. I would not put a number on it because it varies. For some people, uh, their um, comfort is um, matters more. For some people, material things matter more. For some people, emotional well-being matters more. So whatever brings you that comfort or whatever brings you uh, that contentment in your life is going to be a financially stable um you can call it being financially stable. And for some, that's, that's the last category that I would want to mention. For some people, fi financial stability just means that they have some extra money for their vacation or their enjoyment. Like they don't, they don't um, care about how many hours they have to put at work. As long as, like you say, like at the end of the year, they have some money for vacation, they're fine with that. So it, it varies from person to person. But for me, it's it's being completely debt free. Uh, that's what I would call financially stable. So, you know, the, the definition can be put in different several ways, depending on different people's circumstances or different people's expectations from their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I see it. And I think it, it has a, a great value. I think for me, I mean, then I think I'm financially stable. I have some uh, mortgage to pay, but OK, the, I think I'm quite OK with my um, 
savings, etc. So that that's good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not the case of everybody, and maybe not every listener. And okay, I'm passionate. I mean, you too. We are both passionate about personal finance, and of course, I think being financially stable is a consequence of that. But yes. not everybody is a personal finance nerd or <laughs> or passionate about personal finance. And yeah. what would you say, Nadia, or the the struggles for people not being financially stable? Well, I think in my mind, they could be. What are the main struggles or why do people struggle with financial stability? So I'm... I like I can keep talking about about this topic like on and on and on. I have so <laughs> much stuff on my blog related to this, but I'm just gonna like just gonna do some basic, just gonna talk about some basic things that people struggle with, and they're common. They're so common, and when you are uh, going through this, you don't realize it. But sometimes you really need to like you really need somebody to say it to you. Like you really need to hear them. As soon as you hear them, you're like. Haha, that's what's happening. So they really need to hear it. And these are very common ones. I'm sure um, like there, there are so many people close in our family, your friends. If you if you just talk to them about uh, achieving financial stability, they would be like, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to listen to you. But mm -hmm. as soon as you start telling them like what they are missing or what they are not doing right, they would be like, yeah. Maybe that's right. Maybe this person knows what they're talking about. So I'm just going to go briefly in those things. Yes. Uh, uh, and the first one is that when people um, cannot stop buying stuff, like with buying stuff, I'm not talking about the basic ones. I'm not talking about your day-to-day -day, like uh, uh, groceries and your um, like your things that you rely on for your survival. I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about the car loans. I'm not talking about the mortgage. I'm not talking about the basic groceries. I'm talking about the things that that involve a little bit of thought process where you need to know the difference between a need and a want. Mm -hmm. So like you see something that you, you really want and uh, the fact that you do not need it if you cannot differentiate between those two things you're going to fall uh, for for the biggest problem that we have as a consumer you're going to fall for impulse buying when you cannot stop yourself from impulse buying that is actually stopping you from achieving uh, the milestone of uh, financial stability so knowing the difference between needs and wants is super important Everybody and and I I teach that to people all the time and even my kids like they're so young but I keep telling them that you need to know if you really want it or you need it. The simple example is that like I would just just very basic example and I'm telling you everybody can connect with that example. Every year Super Bowl happens. It just it just happened like this weekend. It happens and. People have this concept that they need to update their TV. Like, I don't know, <laughs> for some reason, like, I don't get that. Like, there are so many people in the stores and so many people are like, getting updated their TVs and stuff when they, they, they have this perfectly fine working TV at their home. The game is going to be, be the same. Like, if you have, like, whatever subscription you have, you have Hulu, you have Netflix, it's going to be in HD or whatever, uh, uh, like, resolution you want to watch it. But it's just your mindset that you need to, okay, you need to go and you need to get a new TV just because Super Bowl is happening. Super Bowl is not making you any money. <laughs> and you are just wasting your money. Like, like that's how the marketing works. Like, the marketing companies, they, they work like that. They make money like that. And people don't realize that. They, like, just updating your TV for just one game once a year is not a need it's what you want like if you do not have a tv in first place i'm like you go ahead and buy the biggest one whichever you want to mm -hmm. do yeah we we have the same here i mean we don't have super bowl of course in europe but we are a fan of soccer um yeah and we have the same things every two years the euro cup and the world cup yes and then it's like the tv thing it's really like it's it's always like this like the sales go up like crazy i know i, I don't get that Uh, so the second one that is also very common and it's a big problem with um, our generation or maybe the generation that's coming next is the excessive use of credit cards. I do not like using credit cards and there is a good reason why because when you are using your credit cards, you do not realize how much money is actually getting out of your account or you actually have 
like have that money in your account in first place. So it's like that using that plastic money that you don't see and mm-hmm. you don't see it getting out of your pocket. Um, and th- that's where you make the biggest mistakes. The debt keeps racking up and most of the people, most of the people do not check their statements on monthly basis or on a, like even for six months or so. So these expenses just keep racking up or keep piling up on their credit cards and they don't even realize. And these these small expenses, day-to-day expenses, uh, they add up and they don't even realize it. So if people can just minimize the use of credit cards, they would actually know how much money they're spending. And um, they they can be mindful of that 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 fact, like this credit card use. So that's the second important thing that people are doing and these are the habits that people have and that's why they're struggling with the with achieving the financial stability mm-hmm. no no yeah and i think yeah that there's plenty others I, I think in my head but uh okay let's stop here and the, those struggles um i think they're pretty common and how can one overcome the struggles or at least how would you say uh, one can work his way uh, t- towards um, towards financial stability. How, how should one uh, get started, actually? Okay, so um, there are several steps that you can follow, mm-hmm. but I'm going to uh, quickly go through them, and I'm sure uh, people can really go in depth um, by doing the research on the internet, but because we we have a, a limited time for the uh, podcast, so we're good. we're just gonna go through the steps, and I'm gonna talk about them one by one. And uh, you're welcome to share your input or uh, whatever you have to say with those. So the first one that I'm gonna go through is uh, it's very important, and people do not realize it. Uh, we are living this fast-paced life, and um, we th- there are times like um, r- other than the traditional education. Most of the people don't realize that they need to invest in educating themselves. So by educating themselves, I'm not saying about taking another course or uh, getting uh, an admission in college or a, a university course or anything. I'm just talking about like just educating yourself in um on, on, on the basic levels, like if somebody has been brought up in uh, a household where they did not talk about money, they did not know how to manage money, they need to educate themselves. And it does not need um, money. There is so many free resources. There is so much education present online. There are so many free resources that you can actually use in order to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That's the first step that everybody needs to do. That's the first mindset step, I would say, because I talk about mindset on my blog, the money mindset, and it's all about that. Once you are mentally prepared or you're m- mentally ready to like get to it, then only then you can go on the next step. So the first thing is you need to invest your time and you need to commit yourself to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a, lot, a ton of free resources, blogs, podcasts, whatever. Yeah, but you can also buy a, finance, a book on finance, like a basic book, uh, like a simple book, like you know, I will teach you to be rich, uh, you know, rich dad, poor dad, etc. I mean, you know, those books they cost nothing. They cost ten, ten dollars or ten euros, fifteen dollars. Nothing, and and most of the books you can actually get from the library. Nobody's reading these books from from the library. Trust me, that's why people are struggling. Like I go to this personal finance mm-hmm. section in the libraries, and there's nobody there. And you can see people shopping in the malls and wasting their money, but not doing anything on how to manage the money. Yeah, so you so for relatively inexpensive, uh, I mean for. Um, few money you can already get so much uh, education and get started for sure so what's the what's the next step uh, Nadia once you okay get started (laughs) yeah so the next step is once you have the mindset you need to uh, find uh, an employment or job or or any kind of commitment that you really enjoy so the 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 thing that I'm saying here has uh, is is actually interrelated to the first point that I already said. So when I said invest in yourself, so when you are uh, committing to a job or when you are committing to an employment or any kind of full-time work, you need to have like a clear realization that you can actually do this job. Okay. And if you actually like this job, that is like cherry on the top. Um, Because um, 
if you are passionate about something that you are doing on day to day basis it really helps you to move further in your career or in your life for some people um any kind of job is good they are okay because they need to make a certain amount of money every day and they don't mind in whatever environment they are working in and that's that's perfectly fine as long as they are achieving their financial goals or they are not going under debt that's fine but for somebody who has some creative side or who who really um feels trapped in like corporate jobs they need to find the right job uh, as as soon as they have this clarity and they they are in the right place in their mind in their head they can actually keep working towards their financial stability so if you are in a situation so like just to sum it up i just i would just sum it up in one sentence if you are struggling or if you are not feeling good on an emotional level or a physical level based on what you are doing mm-hmm. uh, on day to day basis it's not going to help you to achieve the financial stability because you don't have the right mindset so find something that you're passionate about or if you cannot spend most of the time doing that then you need to have some time allocated in the whole day where you can actually do something creative or whatever you love or whatever you want like there are so many people doing this side side hustles on top of their 9 to 5 i'm uh, like i'm sure you can actually tell me like like 10 15 people in your group or in your company that uh, like like the people you know that that are doing the 9 to 5 and then they are doing something they're passionate about like as side hustle people are doing that and that's what you need to have to have another thing or another separate mindset going on along with your day to day no no very good and uh, as well just one thing that comes to mind is that when you if you're unhappy yeah. you know in, in at your job or whatever whatever your job yeah. just think of the scarcity the book of scarcity Yeah. because then the thing is your mind is busy with yeah I'm not happy I need to find something else and okay you yeah. spend your time uh, worrying or trying to apply for other jobs or whatever and maybe you're not spending your time to improve at work or to get uh, to get more stable at work to enjoy your work and to yeah to develop something yeah. you like so it's a uh, something you really need to to work on uh, absolutely and in my case well this is my side hustle <laughs> the podcast yeah. i mean i my job is fine but of of course my heart lies more with the with the podcast and personal finance so of course that's yes. uh, that's uh, yeah i am an example of you of <laughs> getting to financial stability <laughs> i know it's like you need to have something passionate going on in your life in order to move ahead because uh this run of the mill 9 to 5 job is is going to burn you out at some point like at some point and everybody agrees with that so have something that is on the side or that that caters to your creative side mm-hmm. that is important yeah so the third thing that i would want to talk about is very very important and very common with so many people uh, i i term it as you need to make your finances personal with this i mean to say when you are managing your finances you need to just pay attention to your finances so uh, the mindset that you need to be able to manage your finances is that you need to have your blinders on and just pay attention to what you're making and what are your expenses what is your income and how you can manage it if you keep being distracted by everything that is going on around your life and like of course there are, there are going to be people who are making more money or there are going to be people who got something from their like as an inheritance or some investments or some assets from their parents or grandparents or what not there are obviously going to be people who are big on materialistic things like they have shiny cars or like big houses and stuff and and what not and even as a youngster when um, you are going to high school or you if now even middle school like um i uh, i have i have my uh, kid in middle school and i see all these like kids uh, like raving about these new cell phones like cell phone is like like a big expense if you ask me if you keep updating your cell phone every year it's a big expense and um it's funny how i talk to my husband that um uh, we might not have insurance on our lives but the cell phones need insurance like every time you go buy a cell phone they're they're going to ask you do you do you want an insurance <laughs> on cell phone i'm like yeah. what so so it's like it's funny how these material things have taken over our lives and mm-hmm. if you really need to 
pay attention to your finances you need to like get these blinders on and you need to manage what you have and how you can last it and how you can manage it so uh, so you and like the concept of keeping up with joneses also resonates with this uh with this point really on on a on a biggest level because if you keep if you keep on um catching up with these trends and stuff you are never going to be financially stable so you have to have a long term uh thought process or long term mindset where you are actually looking at your future where these uh materialistic or these expensive things are not going to come and help you if you're not financially stable No, oh, very good. I, I absolutely like it, and uh, you know, the compare yourself to your neighbors or the Kardashians or yes. the Joneses. I mean, it's yes. uh, it's everywhere, and and, and I've seen it in uh, from friends of mine, etc. So it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely something to to keep in mind and to keep your blinders on, as you say. Yeah. So uh, the number four and the number five, actually, they are. Um, I I would just summarize them in one um, point. So. after we have the complete realization and we have the mindset and we are in a good place mentally we need to go through the steps we need to follow the steps that are going to bring us to financial stability and the first step and the very important one and people find it so hard and i don't understand why they are struggling with it is they need to have a solid budgeting strategy and they also need to live below their means so if they are doing their budgeting correctly like if they know how much money is coming in and then again the balance between how much money is coming in and how much money is going out if they know how they are balancing it and if they know how they are doing it they are obviously going to be living below their means but uh, nadia b- budgeting is boring i know it it is boring but uh, when you are older and when you have do not have a salary coming in and when you uh, do not have a steady stream of income if you have this money left over that you saved while you were doing budgeting that's going to help you i mean you don't want to work until like you're 60 and 70 i see people i see these old people and i feel so bad you have no idea how bad i feel like like the other day um there was a pizza delivery guy and he was good like 65 years old i felt bad like getting mm-hmm. getting the pizza out of his hand so i mean there could be many other reasons i'm not saying that he did not manage his money right but most of the time that's what happens that's where life life ends up with you and you are not in a good place like i'm not saying that uh, unexpected things don't happen and there could be some medical bills or there could be some emergencies or something happened but like you can only try you can only start with the good strategy you can only take the right steps and the rest you know in most cases it would be ideal it would work for you mm-hmm. so if even if it's boring right now it's going to help you further it's going to give you a good future <laughs> so just hoping that and just praying and just working towards it it's going to it's it's going to be good yeah and just uh, for budgeting i mean i i am a <clears throat> not an excel nerd but at least a, a money nerd so i have a kind of a budget in excel so it's quite simple and uh, you know yes. i'm single so so it's very easy for me and still uh, if i my my family expands I mean I will still keep my excel because okay I just need to expand a few columns. Do you have any special tips for people or that want to start budgeting? Maybe there are some listeners that say, well, okay, budgeting I see the importance uh, of it but you know I'm, I'm not good at excel, how should I start? I mean, I'd I am not um uh, I would I would not call myself a technical savvy person, so I would just take a pen and a paper and start writing everything. like how much money is coming in and how much needs to be to get out that's that's how i do i do not have like even though that i i i write about it all the time but i just go with the basics because if you burden yourself with like apps and stuff there are so many there are tons mm-hmm. and it depends uh, what you want to do uh, and how how you want to manage your money there are so many like you can google them and you can get them like like there are tons but i would just start with simple pen and paper and that's what i say and that's that's the easiest and and you can just stick it just on uh, on your refrigerator and you'll know what's happening in your life and you'll know uh what you need to do and what you don't need to do and where you can spend and where you cannot spend that's that's about it and the best way and another best way that i do is like i i use cash using cash gives you a real 
picture of how much money is getting out. So if you have a certain amount of cash set for everything, like every expense, you would not go above it because you don't have anything left over. You know what I I mean? If you don't have that money, where are you going to spend it? How are you going to spend it? So as, as long as you know, as long as you can control like in any way, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, very yeah. good. I, and I really like the cash uh, thing because then, yeah, it's like back in the days. <laughs> yes. And until I, I finished university, I never had uh, a credit card. I, I only got it when I started to work or just at the end of my studies. So I yeah. always I was always used to cash. And then, yeah, you, you have 100 uh, euros or dollars. Yes. When, it's, when you have uh, 10 left, you're like, oh, I need to be careful yeah. uh, with what I do. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true because you don't do that when with a credit card you never see those ten uh, last dollars or uh, yeah, so that's very good. And just one thing I just want to add regarding the budgeting. Yeah, uh, it's not sexy at all, but once you've done it with pen and paper, with Excel, with an app, whatever, but you don't have to spend a lot of time on it neither because once you've done it, maybe the first time takes a lot of time. Uh, but then, you know, month after month after month, you just tweak a little bit here and there, because if you have a stable income and I mean, the same uh, expenses every month for your bills, you just put some um, exceptional bills and some exceptional purchases and maybe some hopefully exceptional income or um, windfalls. So that's good. But you you don't need to once you've done it, you don't need to spend a lot of time on it the next month. No, no. Uh, while you were saying that um, you would you rather be um, sexy or rich, I it reminded me of Ramit's uh, new book that we got on FinCon, and he has a chapter introduction chapter. Would you be uh, would you rather be sexy or rich? And it's interesting. It's so interesting. If you guys have not uh, read that, I suggest you that even if you cannot finish the book, just please read that one chapter. That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of the first ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the first ones. It will open your eyes and gives you give, and it will give you such a clear perspective of why it is important to budget, why it is important to uh, work, at least like try to work for financial stability. You're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And his workaround is to say, to put it, to reframe it as a conscious spending plan. That's true. That is true. Exactly. That's absolutely true. Excellent. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put the link in the show notes to the book because it's a great book. It's uh, one yes. of my best books. And uh, yeah. yeah, I've written a review on it myself. So yeah, it's a great recommendation, Nadia. And uh, what about point six? Okay, so the next one is... Um, when people are managing money, they need to have a certain categories that are important if they want to achieve financial stability. And in those categories, the one that is critically important is the emergency fund. I am going to talk about the investments or the retirement plan next, but emergency fund is very, very important. And is and it is important in the sense because this is a kind of fund that... Um, can give you a guarantee that you do not go like in negative or you cannot cannot get in under debt and like i would just explain the emergency fund in a very simple way that emergency fund is a certain amount of money that you need to put away with every paycheck that you need to take some amount of money from every paycheck and you need to put it away for for something unexpected happening god forbid like some accident happens or you have a disability that you cannot go to work or uh, or in case of any job loss you never know things can happen or there's a there's a certain uh, kind of repair or like something happens like your house flooded or something happened in your house that you need you need to fix right away like you need that money at that instant you um, you the the need is great and uh, that that need demands you to have that money right away and if you go and uh, apply for a personal loan or if you try to get um, a line of credit for that sometimes it's not possible for you to get it on that and sometimes if you apply for a personal loan or line of credit you might get such a high interest rate that it would not make sense so that emergency fund is uh, is like a cushion that you can fall on in case of something emer- like something unexpected happens. And that's important. Most of the personal finance bloggers suggest that you need to uh, put 10% of every paycheck in the emergency fund. But I, I, I would highly recommend 
that if you are budgeting right and if you are living be, like below your means, you should be able to uh, put 20% of every paycheck. And again, I'm going to stress on the uh, on the point that it does not matter how much money you're making. Whatever money you're making, you need to have an emergency fund. Don't think that, okay, I'm going to make like 30K or 40K or maybe 80K, then I'm going to start an emergency fund. No, emergencies are not going to wait for your age or for the stage of life that you're in. Anything can happen. So you need to put that amount. And if you have a stable income or if you have a family, then um, it's highly suggested that you should have at least six months of your pay in your emergency fund. That's critical. Because if you have kids, if you have dependents, and if you if you are a single fam- single income family, it's it's critically important because you don't want to go under, you don't want to be in debt just because something happened in your life. No, no, absolutely. And uh, actually, I just had a, a very good friend of mine. She's in a in a dire situation at work, let's say. And uh, mm-hmm. actually, she told me, and I didn't know she was uh, reading the blog or um, listening to the podcast. And she said, "Yeah, but you're right. You know." Uh, yeah, you should have some savings. And now actually, regardless of what will happen at work, I feel a bit safe, you know, because yeah. in the worst case, I still have some months to go on and then I can change jobs or whatever. That's true. So she, she felt she felt good, you know. I mean, I mean, of course, she needs to, to fix the situation, but at least she feels OK. She has some cushion, as you say. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's important because it 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 also prevents you from getting into something like suppose like I'm just going to give you a small example. Suppose if you if you had a job loss and you would not if if you have a certain amount of money left over or in the emergency fund, you would have the liberty or you would have the freedom to choose the right prospect for your next job or mm-hmm. your employment. Correct. You would not you would not feel pressure to just get into anything just because you need a, a stream of income or a steady stream of income to uh, go by your day, day by day expenses. Very good. Yeah. So what's the next uh, level after the emergency fund, uh, Nadia? Okay. Once you are done with all these steps, you have a certain amount of money put in emergency fund and you are doing the budgeting and everything. Then comes the next step. Most of the people, uh, uh, I would not suggest, uh, for you to go on these steps unless like you're making uh, like above 50k but uh, if you if you are passionate about it and if you can manage your money then i would tell people to uh, either um, put their money in some kind of investment or a passive income stream where it keeps growing on its own and also they need to have a retirement plan in place that is super important it's 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 unfortunate that there are so many average americans who do not have a realization that they need to have a retirement plan they it's and it's it's really natural and human in so many ways that be, when you are young when um, you are thriving and when you are when you have this all this energy and you have ambitions and you want to achieve things you're like okay i'm going to do this i'm going to do this i'm going to do this this is going to happen this way but as soon as 30 35 and that middle age hits there are so many responsibilities you have. There are so many things that you have to take care of that your retirement, if you do not have the retirement plan by that time, it just keeps being pushed away. Like, like it's like, it feels like it's unachievable. So you need to start it before. And at the ideal time to start the retirement plan is before you even start a family. So people usually start a retirement plan after they have kids and stuff. So I would highly suggest that you you get a, uh, like a head start and you start it and then go start planning the family because you would already be on your way. Like you are already deducting the money. You're already getting some money out on that. And it would not feel like an extra expense in your already happening life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why it's important. And also investments, you you have to be really, really careful and knowledgeable about what kind of investments you want to commit to. But there are so many places where you can uh, start investing. And all, then again, you do not need to have a lump sum amount of money to start investing. You can start investing with any amount of money. There are so many platforms where you can even start with like $100. So uh, even the youngsters who are going in high schools, if they have any extra money coming or they're making any extra money, they can start investing. I am not... Uh, an expert by any means where I can 
tell you what brands or what categories or what platforms because it varies from person to person. But if you Google them and you see uh, what um, if if it's if it's best for your needs or if it resonates with you, you should definitely go and check them out. And if if nothing else, then you can just again like the first point that I said, you can invest in yourself. You can start educating yourself. You can learn a new skill. So whatever works, you that money needs to work for you on the side, or it should start working towards uh, the like the future. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the thing is with the retirement and starting early at least to invest or to to yeah to save money i, I read this article a long time ago uh, when i was still living in norway and there was an example it was mm-hmm. a norwegian um, a magazine money magazine and um, they put they they uh, shared an example of a let's say a lady that is uh, let's call her susan susan mm-hmm. is 25 years old and she puts a hundred a um, hundred euros every month on the side for her mm-hmm. retirement and then you have a Yuan who's um, starting to put uh, money for retirement, like at 35. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers will maybe not be correct, but basically what they said is that, okay, so this Susan puts money and then she gets a kid around 32 and then she stops for five years and then she she continues on. And then yeah. at, her, at the end of her life, she has saved a certain sum. Yeah. And then the yuan, if he doesn't put like, I don't know, 500 euros instead of 100 euros, starting 10 years older, mm-hmm. he will never catch up. It's basic math. It's basic math. Like you don't need to be a personal finance expert for that. It's like basic um, intelligence. And if you put these numbers in front of a kid, uh, like like a middle schooler, they can tell you who's doing who's, who's going to be better than who. Right. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's just basic thing. And especially uh, one more thing that I don't want to forget. If your employer matches your 401k or whatever, whatever uh, part of the world you are, if your employer matches your contribution, you should never ignore that. As soon as you start working and there is an option with your employer that they can contribute equally. There are so many employers that do it equally with your contribution in your 401k or 403b. Uh, depending on uh, what what part of the world you are in, I'm sorry, uh, you should do that right yeah. away. There, mm-hmm. there, there are no exceptions in that, like because you're not gonna lose anything on that. That's your money. That's that's going in the savings. And if it's like uh, getting out of your account right away and you don't even see it, it's even better because you would not think of that money. That money is already being put away on its own, like on automation. And if they, if your employer does not provide you with any of these plans, because some companies might be smaller, then you can just invest in IRA, like the individual retirement account. So whatever works, these are just the basic ones, like just the basic ones. There are so many other options. So whatever works for you, just just the bottom line is you need to have a retirement plan in place and you need to have some investments in place. Yeah. And here in Europe, I mean, I worked in several countries, um, uh, France, Norway, and now in Luxembourg. So most of the companies I worked at, they have this... uh, retirement plan it's we don't need to contribute actively the th- the good thing is that we um it's done automatically by the employer so they have their pension funds etc that's perfect that's so that's good. that's perfect so you don't even yeah. need to think about it so it's some money saved in the background um, and then of course you have the social security in our countries but okay this to me i don't count it i see this as an extra if it comes it comes if not we'll see and then in addition, then you, there are some, uh, depending on the countries, there's different forms yeah. of um, tax advantage accounts for retirement. That's true. That's true. It's like a no-brainer way of saving money. Like, that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so then what? once we completed the seven steps, we, we are financially stable, uh, Nadia? I, I'm hoping like if everything <laughs> everything goes in the right order and if you are committed to it and and the most important thing that you have to do is that you you should not feel it as a burden. Mm-hmm. This is like a constant growing process like we grow as human beings. this should come naturally to you. If you think of it as a burden, it's gonna it's it's really gonna affect you emotionally and physically. So um, do it passionately, do it with all, um 
all your love and if if there there are some some points where you feel bogged down or you feel um like people are doing this and i'm not doing that you feel un, unmotivated then maybe take a break or just have fun just just do something that makes you happy but not do not um pressurize yourself in doing it and i'm sure and and uh, uh, let me tell you that much the people who who have this sense it's very addictive they cannot <laughs> let go of it and i'm telling you based on my own experience like once you start developing these habits it's like a challenge for you just challenge yourself with these small things okay can i do this can i save like few bucks here can i save few bucks here and it gives you uh, such a sense of achievement like like i'm i'm just going to give you my example so yeah. if i go and I, i save money on like basic things that i usually pay more and i save some money it just i'm happy for the rest of the day like i don't really care what's happening like some like it nothing bothers me uh, uh, like at least for that day so do it as a challenge do it as a fun thing and um it will uh, give you uh, something to think about and and a, and a mindset and especially if you have kids if you if you are parents like i am a parent i have i have three kids it's it can be sometimes challenging with the kids it sure does because they don't get the concept yet or they're too young to absorb all this information you can make it a challenge for them too if you're going to do it as a game with them it's it's going to be easier it's going to be easier for mm-hmm. everybody to absorb it's just important that as as partners or as as a household uh, adults you need to be on the same page so if you guys are on the same page as a family like as an adults then that shouldn't be a problem you guys are going to be great absolutely very good excellent tips uh, nadia and just wondering about yourself so um when or where did that passion come from for personal finance were you born with this uh, budgeting skills or uh, financial skills or did it come later uh, in your life after getting married or before okay so i have um all this story on my blog and i'm not going to bore you with my story i'm just going to give you like a, a brief background of that so um me and my husband both were um like all the average american then we did not really care about the money like we would both people were uh, uh earning at that time and uh, and you know when you do not have kids you do not have that many expenses and the money was just coming in and going out and you know we were just live, like we did not really care about saving or anything but there was a time when um my car broke down all of a sudden and i was in the market to buy a new car and um being uh, like uh, on my own and having this money coming i just wanted to have a fancy car i did not want to go for a medium one or or the regular one i because i was updating i was like in my mindset i was like okay i'm going to get the one that i really want mm-hmm. so I, i i i went in and we realized that we do not have anything uh, like uh, there was so much debt on our credit cards that we were we were struggling with the basic necessity at that time because i needed car to go to work so that's what happened and that's that's what like that was it for us so we sat down and we realized that how much money has been wasted just because we were not like managing it better mm-hmm. so that was it for us like kids came after everything came after but we just stuck to it after that i was like okay this is not happening in my life ever like i don't want to be embarrassed in front of like anybody that i do not have enough money to um, to spend on my basics that was it the mindset changed we sat down we got that debt off and we 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 started a new chapter in our lives where debt was not going to take over our lives and after that you know we we uh, committed to a house paid off our mortgage in in less than 5 years uh, and then it became a, a constant challenge for us we never wanted to be in debt and to the, this day uh, we have been traveling we we lived in canada we we lived in orlando we lived in california we have been traveling for for last few years mm-hmm. and our kids uh, play professional golf um, so um even doing all these things we just made sure that we are not going to go in debt so we 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 actually have been debt free for like this is the 8th year 
we we have not been in debt so managing money and everything so that's where it all started that's that's where the stories i'm just going on and on so that's where it all started i was not born with that mindset but i learned it and if i could do it then you guys can all do it too everybody can do it you just need that nudge or you just need that like like a wake up call that you're like okay no that's not happening that's not how i want to live my life <laughs> yeah so that was it yeah Okay, very good. Very cool. So Nadia, thanks so much for uh, sharing your uh, your tips to get to financial stability. I really appreciate it. And I think the tips are uh, excellent, especially for anybody, anybody starting their journey. So I think that will be quite helpful. And uh, before we close the show, I always have uh, three quick fire questions I ask every guest. Okay. So my number one question to you, uh, Nadia, is... Uh, What has been your best investment so far? Okay, my best investment is investing in setting up my online business. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything, like I have tried to be really frugal with where I spend, but anything that I've spent that has automated my online business and that has given me just a little bit of time in my day, that is my best investment. So if it's saving me like any time of the day because I have family i have kids i have this life my husband travels for work so i need to be there for my kids so anything that i invested that has saved me even like five minutes in a day that has been my best investment so it, it's it's related to some blogging tools some online softwares and stuff everything that um, helps me in uh, uh, sustaining my online business yeah very good very good mm-hmm. and um, we we talked a bit about uh, books which is actually the the first step So what is the best book you would recommend to anyone? And it does not need to be a financial book. Okay. To tell you the truth, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say anything with kids and like all the life that is happening around me. I haven't been reading books for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. And the other reason is that everything that I read is on the blogs. I read blogs all the time. So the the last book that I read was the Remit Sethi one, the second edition, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. That's the last one I read, but I haven't finished it. I'm not going to lie to you. But that's that's been that's been very inspirational and very eye-opening. Okay, excellent. And any blogs that you, I mean, one or two blogs that stand out in, uh, while you're reading? I follow... Um, Some of my very close friends um, that I have made in community, I follow those blogs. I follow Paula Pan's podcast. I love her podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then I follow the blogs, um, some lifestyle, lifestyle blogs too. Because personal finance, I do myself so much that I like I go for inspiration and stuff. But that's not my, um, like, I, I don't spend too much time on those. So I have some lifestyle blogs. Um, I'm, I would recommend... Um, Uh, every day she's sparkling. Her blog is good. And then um, uh, there's um, Her Paper Out by Chelsea. I I cannot remember her complete name. Her Paper Out, that is good. And then another um, uh, website um, that's a very close friend. And she, she, she has a She has not too much content, but very good, high quality content on her blog. Her name is Amira. And the blog's name is A Self Guru. So I read those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Updated, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, Paula Pan. So the the podcast is afford anything. So yeah. it's uh, yeah. one I I've seen her at FinCon, but I didn't really know her content. So I started yeah. to listen a little bit. No, I, I I like her style because she's quite to the point and efficient. Yeah. And uh, so it's uh, one of the podcasts I'm uh, starting to listen to as well. So very good. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the, my last quick fire question uh, to you, Nadia. What is the best purchase you've made for under a hundred dollars? Okay, uh, the hundred dollars. Let me think. I actually just um, purchased uh, two softwares last night. I think, um, uh, like, committed to it, not purchased, but committed to them, and they are under uh, under hundred dollars. Uh, I uh, because I'm starting. Um, webinars soon Mm -hmm. so uh, I was just having problems like uploading or like um, doing the videos and stuff so I committed to Vimeo and the results are awesome I was super because I spent last late night doing that and everything so uh, that was awesome the results are awesome I'm really happy with um, with Vimeo and then uh, I would not say any any other tools but I would say 
the best um, $100 that I spent was a little little while ago that I spent on myself, just just for myself, like a self-care. Uh, and that's that's super important when you are a full-time mom and a full-time blogger and all these things happening and you you need to spend some time by yourself pampering. So mm-hmm. I spent, I think, $200 on a spa day, which was well worth it. It had rejuvenated me for like next six months. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good, very good. Yeah. Excellent. And then Nadia, of course, the listeners want to know more about you after this uh, episode. So where can they read more about you? Maybe your story more in detail on how you got out of debt, for example. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find all my posts on my blog. That is www.speakingofsense.com. And I have also started a YouTube channel. Uh, that is also if you uh, go in YouTube and you type in Speaking of Sense Nadia Malik, you will find my channel. I do not have a lot on that. But again, I, I just started two months ago and I have been putting um, uh, the videos that have this this money advice, these topics that people search all the time. And I wanted to connect with my readers or my uh, audience on uh, face-to-face level. And that has been really, really good. And also, I am in the process of launching my uh, online digital product. I'm really, really excited about it. That information is also going to be on my blog site. So if you want to uh, get hands on my digital product or you want to see what I'm working on, it's actually related to driving blog traffic for new bloggers and online business owners. So it's a very good one if any of the new bloggers or online business owners are listening to me. So I am, I think one more week and that's going to be launched. And that's, um, and also I'm starting with the webinars and stuff. So there's a lot going on. I'm yeah. sorry if I'm burdening <laughs> you with all these things, but you know, everything is growing. The business is growing and I'm growing with the time. So, um, but um, I'm, I'm hoping by, by this summer, there's going to be a lot that you can see on my blog. Yeah, perfect. And I'll link it all up in the show notes. And uh, yeah, looking forward to to read more and to to now uh, watch some of your videos, uh, Nadia. Excellent. Yeah, uh, for sure. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll speak to you soon. Okay, thanks. Yeah, really enjoyed uh, Nadia's approach towards to reach um, financial stability, a clear seven-step action plan with clear steps. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it as well. And here are the key takeaways that I noted down from this episode. So first things first, let's start with financial stability. In short, it means that you have enough resources, money to spend on your day-to-day expenses and you're able to save. It is different for different people. As Nadia mentions, for younger people just starting out, it can mean to be able to pay for a vacation, some entertainment or some extra bills that your parents uh, are not paying, for example. For a family with kids, it can mean to be able to provide everything and have some leftover, like vacations or whatever. And for a higher income range of people out there, it can mean additional savings in the form of assets and investments. Next, uh, reasons why people struggle with financial stabilities. Uh, well, there are plenty of them, but we focused on uh, two of them here on the episode. Uh, One is to not being able to make the difference between a need and a want, uh, which can lead to impulse buying. I mean, she mentioned the the TVs on sale at every Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, in Europe, we have the the same with the uh, TV on sales at every uh, World Cup or Euro Cup. And then the second point that she mentioned was the excessive use of credit cards. It's true. It's money you don't see. I mean, you just uh, swipe your card and that's it. And you can afford anything you want. But the problem is that the bills accumulate in the background if you don't take care of them. Yeah, for the next point, I'll just summarize the seven steps to reach financial stabilities, which were number one, educate yourself about personal finances through online resources, books, podcasts, etc. The good news is that these are mostly free or very inexpensive, like a book that costs about 10 euros or 15 euros, something like this. Uh, number two, look for a job or a full-time employment that you enjoy. Uh, because if you're struggling on an emotional level because you're in an unhappy situation at work, etc., it will not help you achieve that financial uh, financial stability. And this can mean, for example, for the creative people, to pursue a creative outlet that you love. Number three, make your finances personal. Pay attention to your finances. Don't get distracted by how your peers live, how they manage their money. Focus on your income, your expenses, etc. Number four and five, which were kind of uh, tied together, 
have a solid budgeting strategy and live below your means to prepare for the future. Number six, build an emergency fund. In other words, a money safety cushion for unexpected events such as disabilities, repairs, job loss, etc. And last but not least, the fun part, at least for me, step seven, start investing or put money in the form of passive income stream. There are many possibilities out there. Stocks, peer-to-peer lending, Legos, real estate, cryptocurrencies, you name it. But nevertheless, as a minimum, uh, what Nadia recommends is that you put your money towards retirement, especially if there's an option available at your current employer or if you can benefit from a tax advantage account in the country you live in. And then one of the overarching key takeaways is that while you're on a journey, do not be too hard on yourself along the way. Reaching financial stabilities can take months or years depending on your situation. The important is to enjoy the process as well. And uh, yeah, as Nadia mentioned, uh, yeah, make it like a games, uh, make it like a challenge, make it like a games with your kids. And of course, once you made it all the way to the top, well, what can I say? Congratulations to you. You are officially financially stable. And that is what Nadia and me want for you. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.